Welcome to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the queer James Bond podcast. I'm Shane Holland. And I'm Andrew Wheeler. On this episode, we are warming up the casting couch once again as we do our best to envision the future of His Majesty's Secret Service on the big screen. (laughs) Before we get into it, Andrew, have you been up to anything pretty Bondy this week? You know, I have been upgrading my home bar a little bit, and that feels bondy, because, you know, cocktails and all that. Um, Of course. Some friends of mine recently moved to Taiwan, a place that James Bond has never been, because they want to be able to release their movies in China. Um, (laughs) So, uh, and and I'm hoping I get to visit my friends out there, which means probably I'll never get to be released in China either. Um, They they, uh, lived pretty much across the street from me, and they were... uh, good quality drinkers like ourselves so they had a lot of bottles of liquor and especially sake um that they just couldn't bring with them when traveling you know across the globe so i inherited a lot of leftovers like third of a bottle of chartreuse and uh, a whole bottle of goldschlager that i don't know why they bought it because they never opened it Um, nor should they (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've got it now, so it's going to get opened. Um, yeah, basically, they, they gave me an opportunity to really pad out my uh, cocktail bar in a really good way. Like, I now have Grand Marnier and Cointreau and Triple Sec. Oh, um, my God. That's so much it, orange flavoring. So much orange flavors. I have creme de menthe and creme de cacao, which, you know, sort of things that I don't tend to go out and buy, but there's a lot of drinks I can use them in. So Ooh, We can yeah, finally my, have a stinger on the co- on the uh, podcast. That's so true. We can, yeah. So, yeah, so I have all these bottles of booze, so I thought, well, I'm going to tidy up my, my drinks cabinet because it was getting a bit cluttered and a bit messy, um, make sure all the glassware is in the right places, fill my decanters with things I'm actually going to drink, because if you put things in the decanter that you're only going to occasionally touch, then the alcohol is going to slowly um, evaporate, and you're going to be left with a very smooth but not very uh, uh, alcoholic drink in there. So, um, And the final thing I did was acquire a couple of dash bottles. I went out to the Cocktail Emporium, um, which is a very good store here in Toronto for all your cocktail ephemera. They sell everything but the booze, um, including a fantastic range of bitters, which do not count as booze, even though they are highly alcoholic. Um, and yeah, I bought a couple of little bottles to put my Angostura and my Peixo in uh, so that I can make cocktails in a slightly more pretentious way than I currently do. Um, (laughs) Slightly more, slightly more. (laughs) Only ever so. (laughs) Only ever so. I've got my my Japanese stirring glasses. I've got multiple cocktail shakers. I've got my martini pitchers, uh, vintage pitchers. So I've I've got it pretty much all I need right now. I'm I'm doing pretty well on the uh, cocktail bar front. I mean, honestly, what are you missing at this point? Uh, Rum. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wow, go figure. We are heading into rum season, though, so I'm sure it's a matter of time. Weeks, maybe days. Uh, (laughs) What about you? What's the bondiest thing you've done this week? Uh, Well, actually, with my other job, I got a chance to uh, do something both bondy and pretty unbondy. The uh, least bondiest part of it was uh, I had my picture taken for a photo shoot. Uh, I will be peering, appearing in uh, my company's holiday magazine this year, mm-hmm. uh, where the Bondi part of it, I will be promoting some Napa wines, uh, some Napa Ooh. Cabernets, uh, and some expensive ones at that. I'll get to talk <laughs> about uh, the Duckhorn Cabernet and the Camus Special Select uh, and uh, something else. But yeah, these are all like you know, $100 plus bottle of wine. Some of them are over $200. Uh, will 
I get to try them? No, but can I speak <laughs> about them? Absolutely. Wow. Okay. I I mm, I feel like they should absolutely give you a bottle. Um, I think so too, right? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, none of them can ever hear this, so uh, that won't be happening. Uh, okay, damn it. But, you know, it's an exciting opportunity to talk about some uh, fancy things that, you know, as as much as I say I don't get to try these wines, I have actually tried these wines in the past, and right. I am pretty knowledgeable about wine, believe it or not, uh, so I am able to talk with some authority about these things. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll be appearing in uh, the Vintages Holiday Magazine in Ontario this uh, coming November. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I had to mention something Bondy that has happened in the world. But did you hear about the super yacht uh, named 007 sinking <laughs> off the Greek coast? I did not. Tell me all about it. I love when super yachts sink. Yes, me too. Uh, apparently some, you know billionaire I, I don't know exactly who but you know some rich asshole uh got a little too close to uh i think it must be off the isle of crete i want to say and uh yeah this uh multi-million dollar five-story yacht uh just ran into a sandbar and slowly capsized <laughs> and i mean that's just desserts right did they have to to issue a mayday? Uh, oh, absolutely! They had to issue yes! a mayday. Yes, it <laughs> happened. <laughs> a mayday from the 007. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I mean, I just had to round off the the week with that wonderful bit of trivia. Oh yes, sink all super yachts. Yes, all of them, especially the ones named 007. <laughs> For every episode of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we recommend a drink or cocktail that matches the theme of the episode, or maybe it's just matching our mood today. And this week, it's Andrew's turn to pick. So, what have you got for us, Andrew? Well, this is definitely more of a mood piece, because the (laughs) theme of the episode is all over the place. Um, So, yeah, and because I inherited all this great booze from my friends, um, I have some plum wine in stock right now, so I Mm. made myself an Ume Highball. Um, Now, this can also be made with like plum liqueur um i think traditionally that's what you use so that's like choyu which is about 25 percent whereas plum wine is about 12 percent but they're both very sweet um you know basically plums infused into into a base spirit or base wine uh, with lots of sugar um and so this is a recipe from a site called diversivore which i've never heard of before but they had a good recipe for an ume highball which is simply an ounce of plum wine an ounce of whiskey a teaspoon of fresh ginger juice and you top it with soda water lots of ice of course it's a highball so you can hear that uh, as oh, we record <laughs> and it's the sort of drink you don't really need a recipe for it's basically you know a, a highball is whiskey and soda basically um yeah. and so this is just adding a bit of plum wine to taste and adding the ginger juice ginger juice very easy to make great uh, fresh ginger root and then you squeeze the resulting husk the resulting pulp and you will get juice out of it it's not a huge amount of juice like you have to grate uh, a good like inch of uh, ginger root to get that teaspoon of, of juice um oh, wow but uh, well worth it because it's such a light lovely bright 
fresh uh flavor and it's it is i think the right drink for right now basically it's a sort of it feels like a summer into autumn drink but it could equally be a winter into spring drink or you know any kind of change of seasons this has this bright warmth this sweetness this lightness to it it's that that ginger heat that is both perfect for hot days and perfect for cold days so um yeah i i would love to share one of these with you shane it's a delightful drink well, I've got to say, this sounds absolutely delicious. I love a highball. I love just a simple whiskey soda. And uh, I did get to try some plum, plum wine at your place for, I think, maybe the first time in my life recently. I, I, I can't believe I hadn't actually tried it before. Uh, and yeah, it's such a unique, interesting vibe. I, I, I can't wait to try this variation of this cocktail that I like. All right, well... I think it's time we talk about a whole list of novels and people and places as we try our best to cast the novels Dr. No, Goldfinger, and For Your Eyes Only. The format here is that we're sort of doing what we think Casino Royale was doing when they introduced Daniel Craig, so we're trying to do a more faithful adaptation of the Ian Fleming novels, uh, but set contemporarily, um, unless we choose otherwise. You know, we have, we have a lot of freedom to play with here, but the idea Idea is that we are trying to turn these books into novels starting from the books not the movies um, but at the same time this is in this imaginary world the movies all exist and we might draw from the movies as well um, so yeah there are two novels and one collection of short stories and that collection of short stories is going to be an interesting one because it's kind of been partly adapted and partly not and of course they're separate stories so how do we approach that it's a lot to talk about um, but yeah let's talk first about our bonds uh so far um who, who did you have in your last uh, couple of movies uh, i think i started off in the very first casting special with daniel kaluuya uh but most recently i've leaned heavily towards henry golding uh as well as uh oliver jackson cohen uh i've mentioned max irons and ben barnes and dev patel and joshua orpin uh but I think really, uh, sometimes our first thoughts are our best. And Daniel Kaluuya and Henry Golding are really, uh, still at the top of my mind. How about for you? Yeah, they are great choices. For me, I think, uh, Reggae Jean Page was my first pick. And then Jonathan Bailey for my sort of queer trilogy of movies that included <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever. I did also have some other options in there. John Boyega and again, Oliver Jackson Cohen. Um, definitely someone that's. Uh, on my list for the next possible Bond. I also had Rafe Fiennes continuing as M in my first uh, movie adaptation and then Tania Miller taking over that role in subsequent films. Who were your M's? I started off with Peter Capaldi, but I have since switched over to Ian Glenn, who I still think would make a fantastic M. Mm, good gruff Scottish M. Exactly. Uh, and then for Felix, uh, I've mentioned Kurt Yeager in the past, but Stephen mm -hmm. Yoon still uh, comes to mind as someone who would just be such a great, unique choice for Felix. And I saw Nope recently, and oh my god, he's so incredible in that. Uh, yeah. Uh, and how about for you? Yeah, I had Asia Kate Dillon as, as my choice for a queer Felix, a very sort of... Um, you know, when I was going to do my, my, my most queer ever Diamonds Are Forever, they were the perfect per person to play that role, a non-binary mm -hmm. actor uh, and an incredible actor. My other option, in almost completely the opposite, is Dave Franco because he's so quintessentially sort of golden-haired, white mm -hmm. American, uh, R-shucks kind of uh, uh, actor. Really uh, but fits at the, same the time, vibe of the novels, Felix. 
Yeah, and he, but he's also likable despite being all those terrible things. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we will be adding to these lists uh, with our new picks. And the first movie on the cards is Doctor No, the story of. Uh, Bond's investigations into uh, roseate spoonbills in the Caribbean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, time for a new Bond, or possibly the same Bond. What have you got for your uh, your pick here, Shane? Well, you know, I I I leaned into both of those things. Actually, I think one of my best choices is still Henry Golding, and I think this movie in particular, he would really fit in as the Bond of choice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I do have oh. Uh, another pick, uh, someone who I saw recently in the film The Invitation, Thomas Doherty, who looks <laughs> like he could be Bond. He just has this square jaw, these high cheekbones. He's got these gorgeous blue eyes and this dark, dark hair. He's absolutely gorgeous, and I would love to see him take up the mantle. Yeah, he is truly truly beautiful um yeah i i know him from uh i mean actually i first saw him in disney's descendants uh the tv movie about the kids of the uh, evil uh disney villains um <laughs> and uh, but he was more recently in, in gossip girl playing an excellent sort of queer villain role and then i also saw the invitation and it had the same impact on me that like he has this Connery-esque air to him but kind of even closer to what Fleming imagined like there is he's very dangerous sexy lean um he is Scottish like Connery um so and like Bond technically um (laughs) so yeah he would be an amazing choice uh let's see if he comes up in my list at any point but for Dr. No I went with Henry Golding. Oh, um, <laughs> wow! For really, probably the same reason as you. Like, this is a movie with you know a lot of Asian characters, and they're all Asian villains. Mm-hmm. Um, so balancing that out with a character who is, uh, you know, mixed race Asian and and white British, um, and also just Henry Golding would be such a good Bond. He's so right. likable, cha- charismatic. He looks exactly like james bond um and he wears a white tux oh, so beautifully yeah, he wears it so well and i feel like dr no is uh a much smaller in scale novel than yes. some of them are and yeah there's just something about henry golding that is i don't know tight and intense and severe he would just serve this story so well so then we have our bond woman ms honey child rider um for this role of course this is a white jamaican woman that that sells seashells in the seashells or thereabouts um i decided no we're not going to have a white woman play the the new honey child rider i'm casting chanel iman in that role um a beautiful actress and model of uh i think jamaican uh parentage on on one side she's mixed she's she's black and asian so that seemed to me like a great fit for the uh the the character and the setting just such a stunning beautiful woman i absolutely love that and we are uh on similar vibes here i went with Maisie richardson sellers she's an english a black english actress uh who i think is best known from uh the legends of tomorrow show uh the dc show yes um she's absolutely gorgeous and uh i think she has kind of this fierceness that would serve the role well but yeah, I also agree. We don't need a white Jamaican person to be in this role. It, we could 
I, I think this deserves a person of color. But then there's the question of Dr. Julius No, um, mm. a sort of yellow peril pastiche villain, not very flattering. So do you type, do you cast with or against the grain? What did you go with here, Shane? Uh, I, can I say both? I went with Sandra <laughs> O. I, oh. I think Sandra O oh has uh, an incredible presence, uh, and, uh, as a, uh, Chinese Canadian uh, um, slash American actor, uh, I think uh, she kind of brings this. Uh, I don't know. She transcends boundaries, and uh, she can. She we know she can do evil. We know that she can do haunting work. Uh, I I think she would be an incredible Doctor No. She's a great choice. She was on my my list as well of possibilities. Um, yeah, she's the Queen of Canada, and we love her. Yes. Um, yeah, I did think about Sandra Oh, but in the end, I went with Mister Benedict Wong for my oh. Doctor Julius No, also because on everyone my list. loves everyone loves Benedict Wong, yes. and he can bring humanity. He can bring soul to this criminal role um and i see this dr no as being a righteous villain and you know somewhere on the the cusp between you know he's actually not all out bad um he's just very much counter-cultural counter counter-imperialist and maybe in the end he's right and so i think wong benedict wong um can bring an incredible uh soulfulness to a role like this and would make you root for the villain which is kind of what i want yeah, same. That's kind of why I picked Sandra Oh. It's someone who, uh, I don't know, I love to watch on screen and, uh, yeah, would ground that role in a way that did not feel as such in the, in the movie, at least. Yeah. Quarrel is a character that I've actually, that we have actually cast before. And yes. last time I chose Michael B. Jordan and I'm doing it again. I think he's a <laughs> great actor. I think he's an interesting choice for the character. He kind of brings some youth, uh, to a role which seemed a little, uh, I don't know outdated to say the very least yeah this is definitely a role where it's sort of the 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 black sidekick role where he feels very much like he's a servant figure to bond and it's not it's not cool you want that role to be a bit sexier a bit more active a bit edgier um so yeah i had winston duke down as my quarrel originally michael b jordan's co-star in black panther um i still think he would be the my first pick for the role but i did include ricky whittle and uh martin's imangbe from uh, bridgerton as sort of my my secondary choices um these are british actors who have that same sort of immense physicality of uh, Winston Duke um, and that's kind of what I want is a is a, a quarrel who is bigger and tougher than Bond um, yeah I think I think any of those actors would be phenomenal in the role absolutely love those choices uh, who did you pick for M this time around did I stick with Tania Miller uh, turns out yes I did <laughs> <laughs> well I've got um, news for you it turns out that I stuck with Ian Glenn this time around so uh, <laughs> that hasn't changed our M's are carrying over as rightfully they should it's such a great way to just maintain a continuity in these yeah, movies you know? it really is <laughs> okay so for director I you know I filled mine in uh, uh, probably a week ago so I'm actually like looking at some of these like wow what did I put here um, <laughs> Uh, but yes, for director, oh, I went with Kathy Yan, who oh. directed the uh, the Birds of Prey movie, The Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, because she's incredibly um, 
visual and stylish she can do action phenomenally well and again i like the idea of you know own voices taking on some of these these movies that have fetishized or otherized uh different cultures around the world so to have an asian actor direct this movie and turn dr no into a heroic character i think makes a lot of sense what about you Oh my god. Well, this is actually a choice of yours from the past, but uh, I thought it was really fitting for this one. I chose Chloe Zhao for so many of the uh-huh. same reasons, yeah, yeah. Um, but also because, I mean, talk about action director who can capture uh, the quiet cinematic quality of a place like Jamaica. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think she would bring a life and a vision to it that would make the this small story seem wide open with possibility. Uh, what about your musical act? Who's singing the song, Dr. No? <laughs> uh, it'll be a first, right? Who knows what that song right. is going to sound like? So exciting. <laughs> uh, I went with someone who I'm just obsessed with right now. Uh, who, speaking of uh, Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn, Kehlani uh, sang the song Gangsta from the Suicide a suicide Squad film, and that song totally reminds me of a Bond song, and I think she has a gorgeous voice, a great musician of color, and she would fit the canon perfectly. A great choice. I went with Janae Aiko for my choice, a singer with a phenomenally beautiful voice. She could definitely bring that sort of ballady edge of Bond, but make it really hit home in a in a an urgent and and uh striking way love that and we didn't really choose too many of the other optional side characters to cast uh none of the characters that were movie exclusive uh nor the home team uh but we both did cast for john strangways i'm curious to know who you picked well, I have cast John Strangways previously, and oh, I yeah. picked Mr. Ben Barnes for the role mm. then. And I want him to come back, but this time I want him to do a heel turn. I want <laughs> him to be the real villain. He fakes his own death, and it turns out he's the one that Bond and No have to work together to stop. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> Love that. Anything for some more Ben Barnes screen time. I mm-hmm. get it. I totally get it. Uh, we- and maybe he survives. Maybe Strangways becomes a recurring, recurring nemesis to Bond, and we can have this sort of homoerotic Ben Barnes thing going on. I'm just saying. I'm uh, just you- throwing it out there. Wishing upon wish. <laughs> well, what if I we took Ben Barnes? Could we switch him out with, say, Taron Egerton? Uh, that's who oh. I chose. Uh, I wanted to go with someone who instantly recognizable, who could be an equal to our bond uh but gets dispatched so quickly that it's <laughs> that it makes it like quite the cameo i mean honestly taron taron edgerton would be great for my mary true blood for for oh. john strangway's lover uh, <laughs> that he disappears with love so. that <laughs> ben barnes and taron edgerton uh in dr no together love it <laughs> so yeah we I think because we're both aware that we have three books to get through, we haven't been sort of going overboard in the extra mm-hmm. uh, casting. But yeah, to, to my mind, this would be fairly faithful to the book, apart from then that third act twist where we find out that Strangways has survived and is the actual villain of the piece. Um, basically all in an attempt to sort of reclaim and, and rehabilitate Dr. No as a role. Uh, I really love that idea. I was going for a straightforward uh, cut and paste from the novel to film because I think it's such a cinematic novel. Uh, yes. But uh, but I absolutely love what you've done with it, and I highly recommend it. And Babs, I hope you're listening. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah, let's move on to Goldfinger, number two of three. Yeah, what can we say about Goldfinger, Shane? Is it a is it a pretty good movie already? It's one of the best movies of all time, some would say. Um, and really faithful to the novel, like surprisingly Almost close. too faithfully to the novel, because there <laughs> were a lot of changes that we would have made in the novel. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to jump in and say that I'm sticking with my choices of Henry Golding or Thomas Doherty as Bond. I think... Uh, you know, they they both offer something completely different, but I love what they have to offer. Very good choices. And yes, because this is a movie that was done so well the first time, I kind of want to pay tribute to that original Goldfinger. So I went with the Sean Connery-est person I could think of. It's Thomas Doherty. Wow, I can't believe that we <laughs> both came up with this actor who I, I don't think I'd ever really heard of until a week ago. Uh, I mean, <laughs> people should go check out The Invitation because it's, it's a, a fun, a, campy, silly horror movie. so campy, but it's so he is, good. He is so sexy. Is I mean, so honestly, sexy. he has gone from being an actor that I was curious and interested in to, like, he's somewhere in my top ten right now. I mean, like, he's got, he's got leading man quality, for sure. He really does. He really does. And leading villain quality yes. and um, all kinds of twisted potential. <laughs> Uh, speaking of twisted potential, uh, the character of Pussy Galore. I want to know who you picked. Okay, so this is the uh, the queen of the lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, I did go for an actor who is queer, though I don't know that she's ever put more of a label on it than that. Um, and an actor who we know from the recent amazing TV show, A League of Their Own, but from before that, from The Good Place, Miss Darcy Carden oh, is my love. Pussy Galore. Wow, interesting choice. This is a woman who can carry off a suit impeccably. Um, she, she is, as she says, she, she self identifies as a queer woman. Um, so, and she plays a, a, a phenomenal queer beauty, a bombshell in, uh, in League of Their Own or Our Own Their Own. I always forget which one it is. <laughs> um, and she's a great comedic actor. She's, she's so classy and sexy and cool. Um, I would love to see her Ms. Galore. I almost said it differently and I don't want to put it that way. That would be vulgar. Um, (laughs) What about you? Who's your uh, Ms. Galore? Uh, I also went with a queer woman. I went with Tessa Thompson. I think uh, she kind of has that uh, gravity that Pussy Galore demands. And I think uh, she's so captivating that whoever is going to be her uh tilly masterson is absolutely going to fall head over heels for her can't wait to find out more about tilly mm. but first we have to get to our villain of the piece mr Oric goldfinger he loves only gold but who is he shane i went a little off type uh, from as we know him in the novel and the book or and the film uh i went with matthias schweighofer uh who you might remember from oh god what's that zombie movie in oh the the army of the dead one? army of the dead yes uh he, i think he was hilarious in that movie and just so interesting to watch he's a little bit younger uh but he is this like gorgeous german actor who kind of has this strange weird freaky quality in his eyes Mm. Uh, very villainous i think he would be so fun to watch in this role he could really make it his own and uh, give a bit of justice to the goldfinger we know from the novel 
I yeah, I think we're in similar territory here. I went with an actor who is a, a little older, I think, than Matthias, uh, but we've known him since his uh, uh, buckish youth. Mister Alexander Skarsgård is oh, my yeah. Goldfinger because I, again, I I like a villain who is the physical equal to Bond. Um, I like the idea of him not being ridiculed into grotesquerie. Um, so yeah, having Alexander Skarsgård as my sort of queer vampish goldfinger um that's where i'm going then we have to have uh, an odd job in the movie um of course a role that we both love and hate i think it's mm-hmm. safe to say yeah, because absolutely. he's one of the all-time great hench people but also it's again it's playing into bond's worst habits of this sort of fetishized otherized um racist exotic in, in quotation marks yeah racist uh, depiction of a sort of manservant so who have you got for your i'm going to assume reclaimed odd job yeah, I went with a Korean actor who I absolutely love uh, from Train to Busan and Squid Game. I went with Gong Yu. Uh, he's not as, like, he's not as gigantic physically a presence as uh, uh, Odd Job was in the film that we know. But I think he has this, like, quiet intensity that would serve Odd Job so well. And we know, like, what a range this actor has. I, I think he would make just such an interesting Odd Job. Uh, that's a great choice, and it's immediately make, made me think of another possible uh, odd job, because also in Train to Busan is, is Madong Suk, who, uh, of course, we also know from the Eternals movie. Oh, my movie. God. Oh, that would have been such a good choice. Wow, I can't such believe I didn't choice. think of that first, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's Yeah, he's got the physicality. Uh, he's really charming and and lovable and but yeah you would be scared to face that guy in a, in a fight for yeah sure. yeah so um yeah so now i'm thinking maybe that's my choice but my my <laughs> the one that i've gone with is actually one ho aka lee ho suk who is a korean sort of k-pop mm. star who is mm. known for his physique above all yes. other things like he has this extraordinarily beautiful sculpted body and i like again I, I i like the idea of this odd job being this sort of adonis figure um I, i'm sexualizing the entire cast for this one oh yeah me too very queer and sexy me uh, <laughs> too that i mean that's why i picked a young goldfinger it's why i picked a young odd job there has to be like sexual yeah. connections between each of these six people absolutely absolutely <laughs> All right, so now we have the Masterton siblings, Jill and Tilly. Um, have you uh, have you skewered things at all here, Shane? I can't wait to skewer things here. I <laughs> uh, for the older sister, Jill Masterson. I went with none other than Evan Rachel Wood, uh, another queer actor uh, who's absolutely stunning, uh, who I think plays coy intensely, uh, who could be a great match for Thomas Doherty on screen. Uh, I, I love Evan Rachel Wood. I've loved her since 13 and I think she would make a fantastic Jill. Who did you pick? I went in a slightly different direction, uh, with the, the, uh, the Masterson sibling that gets painted with gold and, and murdered in the uh, hotel bedroom. I went with Mr. Garrett Clayton <gasps> as Joe Masterson. Whoa. Uh, Clayton, a Disney, uh, a former Disney star who is now kind of mostly does like dance TikToks, but he does still act as well. He was in the, the Hairspray Live TV production as Link Larkin. He's a very pretty uh, guy who would look beautiful painted gold. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and it gave me the opportunity to 
kind of a queers things because he's yes. a love interest for both Goldfinger and Bond, um, and b it means that the the sacrificial victim isn't a woman. Um, uh. Yeah, I'm woke. Live with it. <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> I I was really like racking my brains trying to figure out how to do it, and I can't believe it escaped me. That is such a brilliant way of folding in everything that we love about Bond and everything about who we are. That's uh, yeah, yeah that's beautiful. <laughs> great, great. And then choice. you got you got to see who I picked as the uh, the other Masterson sibling because well, don't I keep went me waiting. with someone. <laughs> I went with someone that looks like they could be Garrett Clayton's uh, sibling. I cast one of your favorites, Cara Delevingne. Oh, yes, honestly, <laughs> if I hadn't already cast her as uh, uh, someone in one of our previous movies, I believe, right. Raker, then yes. she was absolutely my first choice. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a queer woman. She is yeah. abs- she she has this fierce independence and strength. And her and Garrett Clayton, they really do have very similar faces, yes. similar eyebrows. Um, I would love to to see Cara Delevingne as the the lesbian that survives. Though, of course, in mine, only a man ends up dead. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know, speaking of strong queer lesbian women, I went with Kristen Stewart as my Tilly Masterson. I oh, yes. Think, uh, her and Evan Rachel Wood uh, have enough similarities. They share enough characteristics. They look enough alike. Uh, they're both strong queer uh, actors in their own right. And I would just love to see Kristen Stewart and Tessa Thompson fall in love on screen, wouldn't you? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think Thomas Doherty would as well. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and who is directing this uh, this sapphic tour de force, Shane? Well, alluded to earlier, I went with Bong Joon-ho, uh, a fantastic uh, Korean director uh, who we know from Parasite uh, and uh, so many other fabulous films. I think he would just make this... Uh, an intense action movie that treats its stars as stars. Mm, great choice. Um, similarly, on a sort of Korean cinema bent, I did consider for this one Wong Kar Wai just because mm. I want to see a Wong Kar Wai Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that it's something he would ever want to sully himself with. But right, same for idea Bong Joon-ho. I don't think he would ever stoop to that. But. <laughs> right, possibly not. Um, so my other choice, not a Korean director, but a director who probably would do a visually sumptuous Bond movie is Nicholas Wind- Winding Refn, mm. um, who I think could bring a lot of that sort of neon noir energy to a movie like this so yeah i think he would be an excellent choice and seems kind of plausible to me i love that and now i mean one question remains who can live up to the legend of shirley bassey and do the goldfinger musical number it's a big, big demanding role. I decided to give it to a singer who deserves all the flowers this uh, this month because she's been getting a lot of shit from the internet. Um, I'm picking Halle Bailey oh. as my Goldfinger vocalist. She's got a hell of a set of pipes and uh, she can serve as the uh, the 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 Shirley point three, I guess. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where we are in our Shirleys. And of course, she is her own woman. Um, and she's not Halle Berry, uh, just yes, to make that, that to abundantly clear, because people because seem to get that confused. Um, what about you? Who's your musical performer? Well, I put this question to my darling husband, Maddie. Uh, who do you think could match the kind of legend that is Shirley Bassey? And I disagreed mm-hmm. with nearly every choice he made. Uh, in fact, he said not to say this one. And I was like, oh, wait, no, actually, I think that's... <laughs> 
it. I went with Lady Gaga, like just such a a, a personality already uh, is known for like making great collaborational music, uh, doing great covers of songs, and she's a bit much. And honestly, I think that's <laughs> that's kind of what Goldfinger needs, just a little bit extra. I mean, I guess a lady does outrank a dame. Maybe, yeah, actually, I mean, no, maybe not. Maybe it's the other the way lady around. Is I'm a really dame. bad at that. Oh, who cares? The monarchy's over. <laughs> <laughs> Cancel it. Um, okay. I mean, even allowing for the fact that Lady Gaga does have phenomenal range, I have to say, mm-hmm. doesn't have the range. She doesn't, doesn't have, the, have range. the range, darling. No, she doesn't have the range. <laughs> no, she could never be Shirley, but I think she comes close. <laughs> okay. Now we have got a couple of castings in the optional uh branch of the this movie you chose an actor to play junius dupont the businessman whose uh interests spark the story of goldfinger who is that going to be shane well first i'm just going to skip ahead spoil that i i'm sticking with steven yun as my felix Leiter because i just love him so much and i don't feel like recasting that role uh but <laughs> for my junius dupont to continue with our uh queer choices i went with none other than leslie jordan wouldn't it be so great to see leslie jordan <laughs> getting swindled yes. by matthias schweighoffer in a game of cards over and over again because he's absolutely in love with him yes i love that so much thank you and yes just sort of shrilly protesting and you'd immediately want him to to win in the end and yeah yeah love Uh, leslie jordan thank you now i want to know uh who some of your extra casting uh is (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Well, first of all, I'll give you my Felix Leiter because I yeah. did t- decide to recast the role this time <gasps> around. Um, I decided that the Goldfinger Felix for me is going to be Alan Richson. Oh, um, oh that my giant God. slab of beef from mm. Reacher. Uh, again, I I like a large man. Um, <laughs> don't we and, all? And I I like the contrast of of uh, you know whoever Bond's sidekick, so to speak, is is someone physically more imposing than Bond himself. Um, Alan Richson so good such a great actor such a great presence and actually a really great guy like i've been following him on instagram for a very long time and he is like he is on the right side of the issues and i really appreciate that every other post of his is about donating to a charity or volunteering somewhere or or he's just out running shirtless which you know all of that (laughs) is ticking my boxes so he's healing the world one way or another yeah Um, but yeah my my other optional casting for this was we've got this whole murderous row of gangsters that are lured mm. into the Fort Knox heist. Characters with names like Jed Midnight and Billy Ring and Helmet Springer, Mr. Solo and Jack Strap. So I decided to cast the entire bunch of them in the way that the uh, the Good Wife casting director casts judges. <laughs> I went with an entirely Broadway cast of gangsters. Oh my god. <laughs> um, it's Harvey Firestein, Mandy Patinkin, Raul Esparza, Norbert Leo Butts and Jonathan Groff playing oh the gangsters at Fort Knox. Jonathan and Groff as a gangster. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely love to watch that. Because <laughs> there's a very sort of, there's something very effet and posed and put together about the gangsters in yeah. the novel. Um, some of them are clearly are queer. Um, so, yeah, I think Harvey Jonathan Groff is... Oh my God. As would the be froggy amazing. voice, Jed Midnight. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Groff as Jack Strap getting hurled out of uh, whatever it is he gets hurled out of. I mean, um, is it a blimp? No, no, that was the last movie. <laughs> no, that was last Yeah, I can't, I can't disentangle it in my head anymore. Yeah, right. he gets thrown out, thrown out of a blimp. <laughs> Let's make that happen anyway. 
Um, so yeah, this is our relatively faithful but much sexier Goldfinger. Yeah, agreed. I, this sounds wonderful. I can't wait to see who they choose from our choices. <laughs> All right, for your eyes only, a collection of short stories. We we gave our thoughts on those stories quite recently. Um, there is no real cohesive plot, but there are some cohesive themes, especially about sort of Bond questioning his place as a killer and also the, the role of women in Bond's universe and women who have been wronged and women trying to set things right for themselves. Um, do those themes play into your adaptation, Shane? I think absolutely they do. Uh, first, I want to discuss how we even would adapt these short stories. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, I, w- I was thinking almost like a Sherlock-style miniseries where we get some really short one-hour films uh, f- from Bond's perspective. So we do get to cover each of these uh, short stories, uh, but with the length that they deserve. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That would be... I, I mean, I've said before, I would love for the, the Broccolis to take Bond to, to TV, but they seem to think it would dilute the brand. So, but yeah, I think I think there's a, really a way to way doing it. Yeah, I think there's a way to do it uh, that kind of toes the line. Like, you know, miniseries these days are just essentially long movies uh so i don't i don't see how the format doesn't work uh hopefully they see that too especially with the amazon prime acquisition i went a different direction and sort of tried to frankenstein the the stories together a little bit Mm. not really exhaustively so they're not they don't all make my uh my plot summary but it's really just a version of the 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 Havelock slash Christatos Colombo story that then turns into a bit of a knives out mystery um, oh, halfway wow. through. So <laughs> I'll give you my, my brief summary. Bond investigates a smuggling operation following the murder of the Havelocks. Uh, Christatos tells him that Colombo is working with Milton Crest, but when Bond investigates Crest on a super yacht traveling from Greece to Jamaica, the American is murdered. The suspects include Crest's own wife, Liz, his scorned ex-wife, Rhoda, Columbo's bodyguard Mayday because I had to bring Mayday in uh, and the orphaned Judy Havelock who's conducting her own investigation of her parents murders undercover as as one of the the waitresses or or staff on the yacht Um, the evidence though leads Bond to discover that Christatos was behind the smuggling route and Judy murders him in Jamaica in revenge for her parents Bond then discovers that Liz in fact killed Crest but Rhoda Llewellyn the first wife helped cover it up oh my god God, Andrew, what a treatment. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's so much better than the multiple movies they tried to make out of this. <laughs> yeah, just squish it all together and make it about injured women killing men. Um, Perfect. What's not to love? What is not to love? <laughs> all right, let's get down to casting it. I want to know everything. Who did you cast as your Bond? So uh, I'm sticking with Thomas Doherty for now. Um, Same here. I because am too. I, I, I'm just because I can't get him. him off my head. Yeah, yeah I can't get him <laughs> off my mind. Yeah, uh, I do have Henry Cavill as a B option, oh. especially if I was going to make this more of a comedic sort of knives outy movie. I don't know that I would go that way, but I do love Henry Cavill doing comedy. I'm sure Thomas Doherty would do amazing in a comedy role as well, though. Uh, I, I mean, we've all wanted to see the Henry Cavill Bond film. I feel like it's too late, yeah. but it could work here. Uh, yeah, this would be you know late in his career, maybe. Now, I went, I'm finally recasting my M here, uh, <laughs> because this is going to be a miniseries in my eyes. I feel like we can do a reboot, we can cast different actors at this point. I went with Mark Strong, like, classic English character actor Mark Strong. 
Oh, yes, yes, he's a great actor, and yeah, he, I mean, I guess people probably know him from the Kingsman franchise. Yes, exactly. Sort of the Q role in that, but yeah, he makes total sense as an M. Um, that's a great choice. Again, I went with a, a few options here, like Tanaya Miller is my, my legacy choice at this point. If I were really leaning into the comedy direction, it would be Matt Berry as M. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a choice. He has such a good voice and yeah, he's he so funny and so charismatic. But I think it is time for a new M. And so my choice now for the new incumbent is Clive Owen. Oh, wow. I mean, the man who could have been Bond many times over. Yeah. It's great that he'd finally be in it. One of the great spurned Bonds. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes that gives it a poignancy to have him uh, sitting in the picture. Love that. I absolutely love that. Now, who do you see directing this epic film of yours? couple of options again um again if it's if it's going to be a comedy bond movie then i'm giving it to taika waititi because he <laughs> should do a bond movie at some point uh, oh no is this way you're gonna amazing. tell me he's your he's your straight down the line choice or uh, no, no i mean we're so close <laughs> but keep going so close uh but i think if i'm not doing the comedy ro- route um though again this is someone that can do comedy phenomenally well emerald fennell who directed promising young woman and mm. the second season of killing eve was the showrunner on that um and a lot of people know her as course as camilla in the crown um she is a really great writer actor director and uh and i think she she know, she can do a good movie about women uh seeking and taking righteous revenge so uh she's my choice what about you well i continuing with my miniseries theme here went with someone who just won an emmy for outstanding work directing a miniseries that would be mike white from the white lotus uh i absolutely love what he did with the camera in that show uh and how he was able to focus on so many different characters and give them each strong arcs i think he could do that well here and nothing at all to do with the fact that you're a survivor fanatic Nothing at all. We are recording this on the premiere of Survivor 43 Day. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it was top of mind. But no, also, White Lotus was absolutely one of the best shows in this past year. And he did such a phenomenal job. Uh, how could you not reward him? That's true. It does make me wonder where Jennifer Coolidge is going to show up in the rest of your cast. <laughs> Just you Let's wait. wait and see. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's Rhoda. Uh <laughs> <laughs> She'd be great. Uh, right? Who's your musical act going to be for for the song for I Noise mean, Only Mark Two? Possibly. You, mu- you might hate this, but I went with Charlie XCX. I think uh, she's just an incredible artist, such a beautiful voice, does some crazy stuff, and she brings this kind of bombastic disco quality that feels right at home for for your eyes only. How about for you, Andrew? I don't hate it. I, oh. I, boys is a bop. Um, great. I love to hear that. <laughs> I, maybe I'm stuck in a weird soul place with my Bond songs because um, I went with Leon Bridges for this one, oh. someone who I feel like we probably should have talked about before. Like, yeah, he has the voice song for, on the for these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, Leon Bridges, an incredible vocalist, incredibly stylish as well. So uh, I want to see his music video for a Bond song. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently I'm stuck in like the 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 80s ballad era of Bond for some reason. That's all right. Clearly. I am stuck in the mid to late 2010s, so uh, (laughs) we each have our biases. That's right. 
All right, now this is where I started to really have fun, uh, just doing one-off characters, finding some of my favorite new actors. Uh, I'm going to start with Marianne Russell, who was the star of A View to a Kill, or sorry, from A View to a Kill, the novel. Uh, and I went with one of the stars mm-hmm. of The Invitation again, Stephanie Corneliuson. Uh, she plays the lead vampire, uh, uh, lead vampire female uh, in... Uh, the Invitation. She's a Danish actress. She's got like just she's first of all incredibly tall, dark, almost pitch black hair, deep blue eyes, and just absolutely sumptuous. I think she would make an amazing policewoman who comes to Bond's aid. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. She was really a standout in that movie as well. Actually, I mean, yeah. when I wasn't looking at Thomas Doherty, which was. Well, almost all the time. Hard not to do. But she's incredible <laughs> in it. She she is a scene stealer. And I think uh, as the person who comes to Bond's rescue at the very end of this episode of my miniseries, I think she would be so fabulous. She would be great. Yeah, I went in a sort of slightly softer direction, I guess, with my Marianne Russell. Um, I have a couple of choices here. Uh, Sophie Duker, who is a British stand-up comedian. Um, oh. Very good, very charming, very funny. Uh, and then Nicola Coughlin from Bridgerton, uh, oh, wow. who is an actor that I think people wouldn't think of as a Bond woman. Um, but she's such a good actor. She's so She can be very funny when she needs to be. But I think she would bring so much charm and 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 character and sort of a defiance uh to this role so yeah i think she's probably my top seed for this one that sounds fantastic so marianne russell i mean she didn't she didn't make the cut sadly for my uh for my recap she's but i feel like she's going to be the first act sort of Sidekick. assistant love that. So, yeah sidekick role and maybe she maybe she comes back at the end of the movie um whereas judy havelock of course is playing the traditional havelock role of the the daughter seeking revenge for her parents deaths um so i went with an actor who uh scares everybody i went with miss flo florence oh. Pugh. oh wow i can't believe this is the first time her name is being mentioned <laughs> in conjunction with an actual bond film great great choice I mean, she could play Bond as well. We've we've talked about that, I think. Um, but yeah, she as as a Bond woman who has no interest in Bond is completely just about avenging her parents. Uh, Flo Pugh is is it? What about you? Uh, I went with uh, a younger actor, someone I don't particularly envision this as a romantic role. Uh, in the novel, it feels incredibly forced in an uncomfortable way. I yeah. see this as more a woman, a young woman in search of vengeance. I went with Jenna Ortega, who is playing Wednesday Adams in the new uh, Wednesday series. On oh, Netflix. yes. Uh, she just yeah. has, she's kind of wild and she looks like she can handle a crossbow and like get dirty and uh, really... Uh, you know seek revenge on the people who've done her wrong <laughs> yeah yeah she 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 can do icy very well um yeah. which i think fits the role um then we have the double act christatos and colombo the two smugglers who are both trying to tear each other down um i went with greek actors for both roles i'll, mm. I'll reveal well greek actors of greek origin for both roles um but they're also both better known for comedy um I went with, with Natasia Dimitriou as Christatos, the one who turns out to be bad, and Jason Manzoukas as Columbo, the one that oh, turns out to be good. my God. I almost <laughs> don't even want to mention who I chose because <laughs> those are the most perfect choices that could have been made ever. Jason Manzoukas in a Bond film 
you got my money in the heim over and over again oh my god (laughs) absolutely like bringing a life to that role that it doesn't deserve wow that would be so good uh i was going to strip them of their nationalities and just make (gasps) them smugglers uh i I also kind of went in a i i lent I, I'm leaning campy here. I went with <laughs> Tim Roth and Taika Waititi. Tim Roth is oh. Tristados and Taika Waititi is Columbo. Uh, I mean, Taika, obviously, as a pirate, we've seen it. It's incredible. <laughs> Tim Roth has this slimy, oozy quality about him that I think makes him perfect for the double-crossing Christados. Uh, yeah. I think they could bring uh, a levity to a story that did not have it uh, and should have deserved it. So those would be my choices. But honestly, you win with Jason Manzoukas. I- <laughs> I can't believe that wasn't my first thought. I mean, we're both in similar territory with our Columbo. We're both honoring Topol with like yes, child, funny, charming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who do we honor with uh, our Milton Crest uh, role? Because this is an absolute American sleazebag. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say I struggled, but I'm not even sure if I picked the right one here, but I think I did. I went with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, oh. He's, he's, we so often, I mean, we've seen him play, um, what's his name, Nagin on The Walking Dead, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he's particularly evil, but he has such a soft face um, that he can kind of get away with anything. And I just seeing see him as like, you know, your typical American, and to get him to do something awful like uh, commit ecological genocide would right. be would be a fun role for him <laughs> uh yeah he'd love that yeah um, i i went in a slightly different direction i was choosing who to skewer basically and uh i wanted the actor who most elon musk fans think should play elon musk in the movie of elon musk oh. and that is kevin durand who oh. is uh like he's a very good actor he's very he usually plays like hench people um but he has a kind of elon musk quality to his looks um that makes him the perfect choice to play a milton crest who is more musk than trump in this incident oh good choice but yeah he's (laughs) definitely got that smarmy face that you want to punch uh canadian actor Uh, good for you that's true keeping it in the family love to give them work (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, now, who did you pick for uh, the uh, unfortunate wife, uh, Elizabeth Crest? I did have Florence Pugh's name down here as an option here as well. Mm. Obviously, she couldn't play both roles, but I did think, you know, she's one of the most likable actors in the world right now. Um, Simone Ashley, uh, again from Bridgerton. I don't know why mm. I'm obsessed with casting people from that show. And Natalie Emmanuel from The Invitation. No, fuck off, Andrew. Look what I just <laughs> revealed. I also went with Natalie Emmanuel. Uh, I guess we clearly both saw this movie recently, but and we didn't even see it together. We've never talked nope. about this until this moment. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> but I, I mean, she's so good in that. She's so good in Game of Thrones, and she plays mm-hmm. a very similar similar role where it starts off as a very quiet, unassuming, and kind of like battered person of a, a victim, yes, uh, who yeah. kind of grows into herself and takes back uh, what is hers, her life, uh, and yeah, Natalie Emmanuel did that perfectly there, and I could see her doing it perfectly here. 
I mean, I guess that locks her in. It's got to be Natalie Emmanuel. It's got to be Natalie mean, Emmanuel. We've both talked about how Liz Crest is a favourite of ours. She is. She's glamorous and she's got a toughness and she's got a real. She's charming. She's like she, she absolutely sings off the page. Yeah. And so Natalie Emmanuel would be perfect in the role. Um, and finally, I guess for for the, the leads here, we have Fideli Barbie, the um, Creole sidekick character mm-hmm. in the uh, in the the book uh, or in the short story. Who have you got filling that role? Uh, well, I kind of wanted to subvert it just a little bit, and uh, I guess black women are on the top of my mind. I went with <laughs> American actor Sonequa Martin-Green, who I obviously oh. love from Star Trek Discovery uh, and The Walking Dead. Uh, and I mean, the name Barbie, I just wanted to pick a Barbie girl who would end up kind of being <laughs> badass and who you could conceivably uh, think of as potentially the one to murder Milton Crest, even though we know better. Uh, yeah. I, I, she, I think she could do it uh i want to know who you chose i i mean again yeah i wanted to cast an actor with real like caribbean heritage um but i chose someone who i think would be a really good sort of foil to uh to bond so i went with judy love who is uh, a great uh british stand-up who you've probably seen on a bunch of panel shows oh absolutely um, like uh, uh my god the, the end of the year one with jimmy carr what's it called yes yeah 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 <laughs> um the big fat quiz big fat quiz of course yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> judy love uh she's got so much personality and she would absolutely give uh bond and crest what for um so i think she could inhabit the larger than life role of, of fideli barbie absolutely love that so many great choices here uh I, I've got to say the supporting cast beyond that point, I did not have too much of a look into, mostly because uh, they're pretty forgettable from the novels. Uh, but I see you have a couple choices here and I want to know who they are. I have a couple. Obviously, B.B. Dahl had to... No, I'm kidding. Oh, God, no. (laughs) So I did say I wanted to keep Mayday. I wanted to sort of Mm. squeeze her into the movie somehow. If I could get Grace Jones back to do it, then maybe. Oh, my God. But failing that, Florence Kasumba... um, who, of course, we know from the Marvel movies as one of the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. Um, she also played one of the Amazons in the Wonder Woman movie. Like, she is a really imposing, beautiful actor. Um, and I feel like she could bring back that sort of Grace Jones magic. Um, she could, she could be a worthy heir to the role. Absolutely love that. Such a good choice. Uh, and I want to know how, how does Rhoda Llewellyn fit into all of this? So this is my pitch, is that instead of being married to Philip Masters, as in the stories, uh, she was married to Milton Crest. She was the first wife, and she oh, yes. she experienced all the horrors that the Rhoda of the short story experienced, and now she's back to take her revenge. And of course, it's a Welsh woman of a certain age. It's Catherine Zeta-Jones. Ah! Oh my god, that's so good! Oh, I love <laughs> it. Oh, if I can't believe not a Bond woman, uh, absolutely yeah. deserves to be on this list. Oh, absolutely. She would give Rhoda her groove back, I think. <laughs> Andrew, I absolutely love the treatment that you've given us here. I, I love what we've come up with here. I wish that uh, the producers were listening so they could get some good ideas for the future. <laughs> uh but, you know, it's it's always fun to do this with you. And it's always great to just see, like, who's new and fresh uh, in our minds. It's and the fact, the fact that we have so many overlapping choices here is just <laughs> hilarious and unexpected. 
And uh, if listeners take nothing else away from this, uh, go watch Thomas Doherty in The Invitation. <laughs> go and fall in love with him in that movie. And Natalie Emmanuel. Oh, I mean, they're both and so Natalie great. Emmanuel. And Stephanie yeah, yeah. Corneliuson. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, just watch that movie. Trust me. <laughs> it's terrible. You're going to love it. It's so much fun. Um, yeah. And Thomas Doherty definitely now is like shot to near the top of my oh. Bond candidates. Look, if we're going to get a straight white Bond, then he's got to be it in my mind. Basically, yeah. If they go, if they go straight white man, then he is kind of now the new number one seed. Um, yeah. So good for him. I mean, in our heads, I don't know if he's even on the bookies' odds sheets. He yet, must be but- now. He must be. Like, there's no world in which he isn't part of the equation at this point. I said Reggae Jean Page should be Bond, and suddenly he was on the bookie sheets. I said Henry Golding should be Bond, and suddenly he was on the bookie sheets. So well, you know, let's keep happen. an eye on the on the charts. It's about time. <laughs> Give it two weeks. We'll be talking about it in the next episode, no doubt. (laughs) Speaking of, next time on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Earth's mightiest heroes team up (gasps) to stop an out-of-this-world threat that threatens existence as we know it. (gasps) We're watching 1998's The Avengers? What? What? Starring Bond veterans Rafe Fiennes, Patrick McNee, and Sean Connery, alongside could have been a Bond woman, Uma Thurman. No, it's not the good Avengers, (laughs) it's the other one. Uh, I can't wait. It's been, God, since this movie came out in 1998, since I saw it, and I know it's not going to hold up, but I am excited (laughs) nonetheless. Hold up to what, Shane? Well, yeah, it didn't hold up then, it's not going to hold up now, it's going to be a ride. Can I tell you the best thing about this movie? Please. It's it's 90 minutes long. Oh, no. <laughs> 90 <laughs> minutes too long. <laughs> uh, it'll be over in a flash. Um, Will it? I took me, it took me three viewings to get through a uh, view to a kill, so let's see how many times... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe maybe a few flashes, hot ones and cold ones. You can follow Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on Twitter and Instagram at KKBBPod or send us nice messages at KissKissBangBangPod at gmail.com to thank us for introducing Thomas Doherty to your life. Mm-hmm. You can also follow our individual Twitter accounts at Wheeler and at Shane Came Back. Please share, like, rate, and review Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on your preferred podcasting and social media platforms and let Barbara Broccoli know about us so she can steal our ideas. We'd happily give them just not for free but we would happily give her our ideas our graphics are provided by the perfectly cast carl shura you can follow him on twitter and instagram at c-a-r-l-s-h-u-r-a kiss kiss bang bang is recorded in toronto on the traditional territory of many nations including the mississaugas of the credit the anishinaabeg the chippewa the haudenosaunee and the wendat peoples we acknowledge that we are settlers on unceded territory We like to end every episode with a great piece of Bond-related music. And Shane, what have you opted for this week? Well, admittedly, this is my latest earworm, even though it's a song from three years ago. I absolutely love it. I love both of these artists. And I think this is the audition song for uh, an artist that I mentioned previously in this episode. This is Kehlani's Good Thing featuring Zed, or should I say Zed's Good Thing featuring Kehlani. Uh, It is a fabulous song about uh, self-empowerment and loving yourself. I could have gone with the song Gangster. Again, as I mentioned earlier, the song from Suicide Squad is a bit more fitting as a Bond song, but as a song song, this is the one I love, and I think you'll understand why. I mean, everyone's wearing tuxedos in the video, so that... I mean, it fits, right? 
<laughs> yeah, Kalani is a Bond singer, Zed is a Bond girl. Um, oh, yeah. I'm into that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Zed's so gorgeous. Uh, he should also be on the list for possibly composing a Bond theme or Bond score one day. We'll allow it. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And until next time, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs>